amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. It has been long overdue to expose the truth that the Democrats and Republicans are sucking the life out of America's liberty and usurping our rights at every turn. Now is the time to seize our civil liberties and take back our individual rights. Here on Southern Liberty, we will expose it all. With his musket on his back, the Declaration of Independence in one hand, and the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Roderick Threets. Good evening, Southern Liberty family. Happy Sunday. Hope y'all had a great weekend. Shout out to all my folks out in Hendry, Collier, and Palm Beach County that is listening. My folks in Salt Lake County, I know y'all listening out there too. I appreciate y'all 100%. You already know on Sunday, we already bring the heat from the black 
political perspective. We, you already know how this goes down on Sunday, and today we're gonna be, we're, we're gonna, I'm getting into a conversation with a with a good good friend of mine, uh, fellow Floridian in the building. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're gonna talk about what liberty means to Black America because I I think we have lost what that actually means. Right, we we have lost what liberty means to Black America, stemming down from Frederick Douglass. Right, we 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 have completely forgot about what Frederick Douglass stood for. Right, we forgot about you know what Booker T stood for. We forgot about we abandoned all of that in Black America to embrace. This progressive, regressive ideology as a community, as a whole, and bit the line, hook, line, and sinker. We're going to get into that in just a minute. I kind of left that out there so y'all can think about what we're going to talk about here this evening. But if you're not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you are doing that on all major podcast platforms. Uh, make sure you share this on all your social media drones. And if you're listening on on public radio, make sure you do catch the previous episodes by subscribing to this podcast. Also, and make sure you're catching us on the days allotted on the website. Also, I appreciate y'all 100%. So we're going to get into this without further ado. Let me go ahead and introduce my brother here. He uh, served in the Florida House of Representatives. He's also running for he was a candidate. I'm sorry. He was a candidate for the Florida House of Representatives. He's also now a candidate for Jacksonville City Council. Mm-hmm. Because we we about to go in here and get it in. Um, let me introduce my 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 friend, Mr. Christian Whitfield. What's going on, brother? Hey, nothing much, man. I certainly appreciate you having me on. You know, I've listened to your your show uh, several times, and I really dig what you say and dig what you the the, the point of view that you you bring across concerning you know. Uh, Blacks in America and black politics. So I, I definitely thank you for having me on. I appreciate you one hundred percent. For for the for the uh, the listeners, um, especially the ones in South Florida um, that 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 definitely don't know about you. Go ahead and just do t- tell the folks about you, what you do, where you at, where you're from, all that good stuff. We're gonna get into it after. Yeah, I'm a, originally from New York. I moved to Florida here because uh, back in. Back in the 80s when crack started going crazy, my pops moved me out of New York, sent me and my mm-hmm. brother to Pensacola. So I got that Florida Florida history, New York history uh, uh, in me. Uh, streets, ran the streets of both of them, and joined the military at, at, at 19 because the, the streets was calling me. And it was important that I got up out of there. So I did. I did my 20 years in the Navy, retired in uh, 2015. Um, 2016, I ran for State House. Uh, 20, uh, 2019, I ran for uh, Jacksonville City Council, um, the Florida State House, excuse me. I'm looking for, thinking about running for uh, City Council here again, coming up in 2023. But we got some redistricting going on, so I don't know how that's going to play out right now. You know, I'm, I'm like right on the border of two, right on the border of two districts here in Jacksonville. So I haven't, I'm waiting to see when November rolls around once the uh, once the lines are officially drawn and see where I fall at. Then I'm make my decision, man, whether or not I'm going to run. Run for city council again. Uh, are, are, are there we more people running for local, local council? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So yeah, the line, the the, the line, the, uh, they're trying to gerrymander. Um, let's call it what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> are, 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 is it like 
I, I guess you're you're right on the line, like literally, like right on the line, or is it going I to literally? No, I am literally on the line. Like where 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 I live at, if I was to live across the street in a subdivision across the street, I'd be in a completely different district. That's what I mean by on the line. <laughs> yeah, I am wow. Right there. So I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna play it out if they're gonna uh, if they're gonna move me into that district or if they're gonna expand the district that I'm in right now. So right now I'm in a uh, I'm in a, a Republican leaning district. Um, the district right across the street is a Democratic district. So Trying to figure out what what exactly going to what exactly are they going to do uh, here in, in twenty and at the end of the year November that's when the lines will be officially officially drawn for the new council seat. Dang, really? Like that? That is like I, I've heard of phenomenon like that where literally like across the street is a Democrat district, like because usually you you don't see that in a city like Jacksonville, right? Like yeah. it's all Democrat and then all the Republicans or like an outer Duval, like East Arlington, Sandalwood, Folk Carolina. And you go out the West side, Pritchard road, um, the airport area like that. But to be like right, right up in that area like that, where it's a Republican on one side, Democrat on another. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And like when I ran in, um, when I ran in 20, 2019, um, I ran as, as an at-large because, uh, you know, J- Jacksonville, we had uh, five at-large. There's 19 total council members. We have 14 right. districts. And, we have and five, five at-large. Right. Yeah, so five at-large. So in 2019, I ran for at-large, um, which anyone in the city could have voted for me at that point. It didn't really matter. So uh, now um, the seat that I, I actually dropped out of the race because the guy who who jumped in, he's a pretty good friend of mine, and um, he had a clearer path to win. And you know, how they do it here in Jacksonville, you know, it ain't no Democrat primary, Republican primary, it's top two get it. So top right. two vote getters, they, they, they move on if no one crosses that 50% threshold. So I didn't want to split votes with him. And like I said, he had a much clearer path to the seat, and he eventually won. He did win it. So that was, I was, I was glad I didn't drop out for nothing. <laughs> right, so true he, enough. He did, he did that Sure enough. Um, so the, the the big question, the question of the hour, and we, we're, we're going to turn some heads with this one. We're going to really turn some heads with this one. How, how has, how did black America change from the Frederick Douglass era to this regressive era that, that, that we're that we're seeing like we're we're at the we're at the peak of it right now right like how did we how did we you know what i mean how did we lose focus on liberty and then i think a lot of it honestly a lot of it comes from a lack of lack of options lack of options in the in the political arena um when you have when, when you have one one side, one party that's always there, always talking to you, always, always presenting. It may be the wrong stuff that they're presenting. It may be bad, but they're there and they're still presenting it. What do you have to actually fall to on the other side? Where is that other side that's coming saying, no, 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 this is the better, this is a better path. This is a, this is a better idea. These are the better 
uh, position. Um, that Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. We have take a look at us. I think when you when you haven't had that for so long, um, it's it's easier to gravitate towards people who have show interest in you. You see what I'm saying? So, in, in that in that frame of mind, if, if if I have a political landscape that's quote unquote shifted over the years, and all I have in front of me is progressive policies, liberal policies, liberal ideas, and there's no competing voice to actually present a, uh, a competing idea, who am I going to turn to? Who am I going to look to? And the other side, right. like they don't even want to, they don't want you. They don't want to be bothered with you. They, they want, they want, they have the, on, a, on occasion, it appears like they don't want nothing to do with you. Why would you, why would people even look at, at them and, and their ideas that they may have at all. They don't. So over the years, it's just kind of, you know, the mindset has kind of shifted towards these are the people that want to be bothered with me. These are the people that, want to, that, that are talking to me. These are the people that I'm going to listen to. These are the people that, the policies that I'm going to, I'm going to start rocking with. Right. But you, you, you would think though, right, to a point, and, 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 I, and I say this with the, and in the context that black America is a proud, is a very proud demographic of people, considering where we have, what we have gone through, right? Where we have came from to be able to do what me and you are doing right now, being able to, you know, express the history, being able to say, hey, this is what happened, Right. This is not our identity. This is where we're trying to go. But then we have others that want to stay in that regression. So I, I say that to only think that where does it come to a point where your self pride, your 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 you know what I mean, your your self your independent thought, you know what I mean? Like you can't sit there and be like, yeah, they they're pushing me to try to enable a whole group of people when you can't flourish as a whole group of people. You have to flourish as an individual and let that become infectious through others. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. we're, 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 how did we just lose sight of the individual person? Right. And, Try to speak for the collective, and we see that all the time, especially on social media. Well, well, you're not black enough, right? You're not black enough, or 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 you 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 rock with those white people, so you're not black, right? This is this is where that's gotten. That's where that has gotten black America to the to a point. But then at the same time, these same people that say this stuff are married to white folks. But they want to point yeah. the finger at other black folk and say, you ain't black enough. And I'm like, hmm, 
really, is is this what we're doing? <laughs> no, absolutely. So I think one of the things that us as as black people as a collective, we have to turn off. Everyone's always looking for the next Martin Luther King to follow, and instead of like you talked about individual individuals looking at the individual self, like my problems as a black person aren't the same as the problems of a guy across the street who's black or the lady up the street who's black. We don't have the same problems, but we've been we've been conditioned to taught the condition to think that we all share the exact same problems, which we do not. And until we can, until we navigate and can find the people as a, as a collective to go back to, it's not really about being selfish, but it's about looking at your home and looking at what, what, what policy affects me and my family. Because what happens across the street or down the street or, you know, across town, I can't, as a, as a man, my job is to take care of my family. My, God is, my job is to lead my family in, in a way that's pleasing unto the Lord. I can't look at the people across town or people across the street and see how they're doing in order to know how I should be doing. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's part of, part of that collectivism that we've, that we've seen within the community where we, we have to vote a certain way. Well, health, health affects you, and so it affects this person down the street. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. They're, right. They may not. They may not care. They may not care nothing about the health issue, about uh, health care. They may be good, good on health care. I may not be, and vice versa. So I can't look at it like that. Like, why would I put myself in a position, screw myself and my family over, to help someone who I don't know what problems that they're they're facing? You see what I'm saying? So we've got to come. We've got to come out of that and start looking at our families and what's best for our families individually. That's that's exactly right, right? Individual liberty, right? Um, but see, I I think uh, uh, the the corrosive gel, the corrosive gel that is uh, I personally think is keeping Black America back is reflecting upon a time period. That has no direct effect on you. And y'all know where I'm going with this. I'm talking about slavery. Slavery has no direct effect on us. Now, if you want to argue Jim Crow, yes, I can argue with you with Jim Crow all day long. All day long, I can argue Jim Crow had an effect on black America, black American living. It did for 94 years. I can absolutely run with that. But we can't worry about slavery, starting with the Maryland Slave Codes in 1622. We ain't got to, we ain't got, you know, we, we, we don't, you know, can hang on to the Tingnan laws of Louisiana, right? In the early 1700s. We can't hang on to this. But if we want to talk about something relevant and tangible, we can look at the effects of Jim Crow and what it did. But we don't, no one wants to talk about or solve that problem. They want to go back all the way to the beginning and try to get the whole thing. And it's like, no, some things you got to leave where they are because most of us cannot trace our, our, our family back to slavery. Sure. Majority of black folks in this country cannot. 
But if you if you're old as I am, and your 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 mother and father is is at least sixty five years old, they were affected by Jim Crow. Right. Direct of direct effect. Now, I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna say this. In spite of whatever is good for your family, I don't care what demographic you are. You know what is best for your family. Don't try to guilt trip people that this, with the same immutable characteristic as you as having the same struggle as you are. Right. Don't pin that on everybody else. Because like you said, some people have an issue with health care. I don't have an issue with health care. And I don't want the government giving it to me either. And you shouldn't want the government giving it to you either. You should be asking for everything else but the government to hand these things to you so they can control your life. Absolutely. Hmm. When you ask for more government, they're going to give it to you, and it's not going to be what you want. <laughs> it's never going to be what you want when you ask for more government because they're going to they're gonna take that power that you give them, and they're going to abuse it to the maximum extent that they can abuse that power that you give them. And, you know, when you look at you look at how, how like you were talking about, like people, they, they love to talk about slavery and, and, and how, you know, it, it had its effect on black people, sure. It had its effect on black people to a degree, like you talk about, where you roll into slave codes and you roll into Jim Crow. So from, you're looking at, you know, the, the period where, where Jim Crow was really affecting us, like you said, my mother was born in 1943. Uh, she's still alive, still kicking it, you know. So she can tell she t- can tell me what it was like to be a little girl, you know, during that time period. And her, you know, she's the the third youngest of 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 twelve children. So you know, her older brothers and 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 you know, there's some of them are still still alive. You know, they're eighty eighty nine, pushing ninety years old. You know, so hearing those stories of how it was and how they were affected and how you know when they went off to war and came back, how it how it was for them, you know, you see what I'm saying? That right there is where we as a people have to, have to, have to, have to start. You can't go, I don't believe, like you said, you can go back further than that. You have to, you can look at it changing things that affected us during that, that, that Jim Crow period. And I think a lot, a lot of people don't want to talk about that. They want to jump right to the, right to the beginning, right to the beginning, you know, 400 years ago, you know, this happened to us, so, you know, this is happening to us now. And I, I don't think you can do it that way. I think you have to be, people have to be honest enough to say, okay, that while it had some effect, it's not having an effect on us. That specifically is not having an effect on us today. What is having an effect on, on us today? Yeah, that's, that's exactly, I mean, they, uh, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. 
That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, they, they, they can try to go back 400 years, but the thing, the, the, the intellectual dishonesty for me with these folks when it comes to that is the fact that you are judging modern day, right, evolution of common sense against the common sense of men 400 years ago. It's, it's not it's not applicable. It is not applicable. It was a different time, a different mindset back then. Yeah, you know what? The harshness is, yeah, the founders ha- had slaves. Yes, they did, right? Were they hypocrites? Yes. To today's standards, yes, they were hypocrites, right? But to damn the whole system, as a white supremacist system, the founders of white supremacists, so America's foundationally white supremacist is outright intellectually dishonest and stupid on its face because we yeah, have came, we have came 400 years. We have, and yeah, there are some systemic issues that still happen, but it's not happening because of race, it's happening because of class. See, they shifted, they have shifted a paradigm, right? And when people say there's systemic racism and they don't point it out or they can't point it out, I say, well, it's just the remnants or they'll point it out, right? Because I can point to you, everything is a class system. And when you're crying race systemic racism, what you're actually saying is that I, I know you, you blindly acknowledge the class system that we have. Right. And then you're then turn around and saying with systemic racism that black folks are still second class citizens, all in the same, all in the same thing, because it can't people cannot be that blind to sit here and tell us that, you know, that that police are killing black folks at a very high, such a high rate. But you can't go look at the white folks and the Hispanics. And look at how they're being killed off. At what rate, right? We don't have a police brutality on black problem. We, you know, if you want to put that demarcation, you want to advocate for something, police brutality versus civilians. Because apparently it's affecting citizens, civilians. And what's interesting, majority of those civilians were either lower middle class or down to lower, lower class. Majority of those right. citizens were. So what are we talking about here? They're not messing with people like me and you, Christian. Right. Huh? Oh, absolutely. Like uh, you said, uh, that, the, the, the paradigm, the paradigm shift from from racism to the, the classism that that's something I think a lot of people have overlooked and and haven't really paid attention to. Um, as, as you're breaking it down, you know, it it. It makes sense. Like you said, I'm not getting harassed by, quote-unquote, harassed by police. You know, I think police have a difficult job. I think there's, you know, I, I do believe that there are a lot of 
there are instances where the the good apples are making it bad for the even the bad apples because they're not saying anything. So, is it a problem? Is it a, is it it is a it is a is is it a problem that's so overbearing and overwhelming that it's something that uh, that's like the number one issue that we have facing us? No, absolutely not. Um, it's not one of those issues that's you know the the, the primary uh, p- primary bad thing that's happening to our to our community. Um, you need, whenever you see it, you need people need to call it out for, for it being what it is. You know, um, you, you have you have you have that in any organization. I was in the Navy for twenty years. We had good guys, we had bad guys, we had you know the lazy folks, we had the dirt bags. You want to have that in any large organization? That or, because that primarily because that organization is made up of your citizenry, and you have that in your citizenry. So I'm certainly, of course, you're going to have those uh, inside your ranks and inside your, your these large organizations like the police department, even the military. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean... Uh, I, I just... It, it's, it's so much... To literally pick apart, but they the the elites have us have people stuck on immutable characteristics, right? And that that immutable characteristic, right? And what people have been taught about it, especially in Black America, is that they, they have absorbed the 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 self ideology of fatalism. I mean, ultimately, and I was thinking about this yesterday when I, when I was when I, when I when I rode up to the ville and rode back down. Um, I was like, you know, I started running through my head and and I started thinking about you know Booker T and I started thinking about um, Frederick Douglass. I started thinking about um, uh, what's his name, um, Lincoln Abrams, and folks like that, and it just hit me. And I'm like, it's fatalism. Because, now for those of you that don't know what fatalism is, fatalism is when you see see a certain thing or a certain event or or certain someone or something and you accept the fate that has been brought upon that, regardless if it's a false or a true fate, you accept it and that's all you can accept. Now, with that definition being said, I'm going to reel y'all in a minute. Black folks have been told all throughout since slavery to 64 and even a little bit time past that. Let's be honest with with each other, right? That black folks will never be anything. Y'all won't be anything. We even have our own black folks telling us we're not going to be anything, right? This is how far this fatalism has permeated into our community. Where you have our own black folks telling us that we ain't going to be nothing. So what did they do? What did they do, Christian? They turn around and call successful black folks coons and Uncle Toms. They call Sambos and all that. Right? That's part of the fatalism. That's part of fatalism. They're looking at somebody else's brown skin and say, hey, you're not going to be successful. Meanwhile, they look at the white folks and they look at that as successful and tear all of that down as it's white supremacy. It's it's the patriarchy and all this like black folks ain't going to be. It's like you've relinquished 
your individuality. You've relinquished your core being. When you relinquish your liberty, you're no, you're no longer a person. You are a walking corpse because you are soulless. No, that that certainly is is an, an excellent point, and um, we 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 started to come to that come to that position where you look at people. You talk about like you said, thinalism. You're not you're being judged by what the next person is doing and how you'll never be anything, and because you're predestined or you're predetermined that you're never going to be anything based on your skin color, based on um, slavery, based on how you were, you know, how your ancestors were treated. Uh, it's, quote, unquote, predetermined that you're never going to be anything. And we have to, we have to break, out of that, break out of that mindset and push back on that whenever, whenever we see individuals um, either living it, believing it, or espousing those types of, uh, that type of nonsense. So special to our youth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That that this this is this is why CRT this, the teaching method of CRT is very dangerous because it's teaching people to look at American history through a, a a a racial lens instead of the individuals that participated in history, right? Because. We gotta we gotta go to break. I got the little ding dong going on here, but I'm gonna leave this. I'm 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 gonna leave this here for everybody before we go to break. I guarantee you, no no person or no person ever in history that has taught history. Let me say that has acknowledged Alexander Hamilton as being biracial. I want y'all to think about that on the break, and we'll be back in five. Structure the focus. I'm Joe Chiro, Fox News. Senators continue to work toward eventual passage of that trillion dollar bipartisan infrastructure package. Once it's approved, Democrats want to push through a three and a half trillion dollar so called human infrastructure bill. But even some Democrats, like Massachusetts Congressman Stephen Lynch, are concerned about it. I think there's a lot of good in it. I'm not sure we need every bit of it. But again, if, I, if I'm going to try to balance the the two initiatives i'd like to know what's in them before i weigh in house speaker nancy pelosi has said that she will not approve the smaller bill without the larger reconciliation bill more than 100 wildfires are burning across 14 states the largest is the dixie fire in northern california which is now the second largest wildfire in state history we just really haven't seen that uh, rain they need to help with some of these wildfires throughout the weekend and that's not going to change the next couple of days all of those western areas where you're battling those wildfires mostly extreme drought from the inter mountains down to some of the southern Rockies, all the way up the west coast, California, getting up in the Pacific Northwest. Fox meteorologist Adam Klotz. A 23-year-old man is in custody after three women were found shot to death in a Padre Island, Texas condo. The dead women were 46, 47, and 65 years old. A Chicago police officer remains in critical condition after he was shot last night and his partner killed during a traffic stop. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot calling for an end to violence. We have to reclaim 
the physical and moral territory. Shoulder to shoulder, fighting for each other, not against each other. Two men and a woman are in custody. One of the men was shot by the officers and is in critical condition. America is listening at Fox News. Your business is running QuickBooks. You'll never get a break. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system. No matter how big your business grows, with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to graduate. Head to NetSuite.com slash Fox right now. NetSuite.com slash Fox. The FAA is asking airports to take a more active role in curbing assaults on flight attendants, including limiting alcohol surge. The FAA says intoxicated passengers are playing a large role in the surge of unruly passenger reports this year. The agency wants it to stop, so it's leaning heavily on airport leaders to make changes. For one, the FAA wants airports to work with vendors to stop offering passengers alcoholic drinks to go. The agency says that's led some to think they can carry those drinks onto their their flights leading to drunken incidents in the sky. So far this year, the agency has received 3,715 reports of unruly passengers and has initiated 628 investigations compared to just 146 in 2019. Fox's Charles Watson. Noisy summer nights in Michigan are driving neighbors nuts. Fox's Karen McHugh with that story. Did you ever play pickleball? It's kind of like tennis, only you use paddles and plastic balls and the court is smaller. It's a pretty big deal on Michigan's Upper Peninsula, and it's become wildly popular among adults who love playing it during these hot summer nights. And that's got the folks who live in an Iron Mountain neighborhood up in arms. The pickleball courts are supposed to close at 6, but nearly two dozen players raised objections at a recent city council meeting. Neighbors say it's so noisy it makes them want to move. One player suggested using quieter paddles, but cutting off playtime at 6 spoils the fun for those who like to join in after work. Mayor Dale Alessandrini says we'll try to mitigate the noise somehow. Karen McHugh, Fox News. Law enforcement officials say the first few days of this year's Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in South Dakota have been among the busiest they've ever seen. Some 700,000 people expected to celebrate their enthusiasm for motorcycles at the 10-day event. It kicked off Friday in the western South Dakota city. I'm Joe Chio, Fox News. School's out for summer, but if your business is running QuickBooks, you'll never get a break. Their manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays will leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Failing to graduate to NetSuite will leave you stuck in summer school while your friends party. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Automate your processes with NetSuite and close your books in no time. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control since graduating to NetSuite. Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to graduate. Head to NetSuite.com slash Fox right now. NetSuite.com slash Fox. NetSuite.com slash Fox.
Southern Liberty family. You know, I got my my main man here, Mr. Christian, on the show. Um, make sure if you're not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you are doing that, pretty please. And if you haven't gone over to iTunes, and I see y'all, I see y'all, I see y'all. If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet, and you have not. Giving this show a review. Um, I'm not going to say I hope you get struck down by lightning, but um, you might get struck <laughs> down by lightning. Um, <laughs> but please, it all, it, it all for real, for real, please go and check out Southern Liberty over on iTunes or, or Apple Podcast. And um, let's get these, get, get, Give me a five star rating. You know what I mean. Give me, give me a five star rating. Leave a comment. Good, bad, yep. ugly, indifferent, all that good stuff, y'all. I greatly appreciate it, one hundred percent. So we're gonna shift the focus. We, we already did our ranting and raving, but now it's time to get serious because 2020, 2022 will be here, and twenty twenty four will be here by the time we go to sleep tonight. I mean, it's coming fast. I mean, we're already in August. We're already in August. Okay. And people are starting to come out to start campaigning right now. Um, you know, leading into 20, uh, 2022 for the house. And remember there, there, there is a, uh, 469 seats up for re-election. That goes from all, all of the house. To half the Senate is up for re-election this year. I mean, you want to talk about a power dynamic shift that can happen in 2022? This is it. And this will literally concrete us probably four years after. Because such such political divide, political division that's happening. People are waking up to the facts. Some people are waking up and just choosing verbal assassination as a technique because they know the facts now, you know. Um, but we have to talk political strategy. And, and, and I'm going to throw this to you, Mr. Christian, because you are running. Um, you you will be running. Let me say that you will be running for, for city council, local, because we always preach about the local. It's more important. Yes, sir. Um, what do you think the strategy should be um, when it when it comes to Black America um, and, and tar- targeting um, uh, majority minority districts in, in 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 our in our cities and municipalities in our country? To, to me, it's it's very easy. You talk about the things that you have first. You have to reach people and get out and talk to people as individuals. You cannot talk to black people as a collective. So when you're talking to black people that you meet on the streets, that you're knocking on their doors, you meet at, at the, the local Y, when you're talking to them, you have to talk to them as individuals. And I, don't, I, I haven't seen that from Republican candidates or conservative candidates. Um, so those issues that are facing most Americans, we have those same issues. 
food on the table, uh, bills, safety. Now, how do you translate that into the individuals that you're talking to? Well, when you're looking at their community and you're looking at the areas of where, where they live in, how are you as a candidate going to, what are you going to do to attempt to make that better? And what we, what we have is the candidates that do come out, they come out and they give these puff piece speeches about everyone and what they're going to do for everyone. But you're not, at this point in time, you're not talking to everyone. So if you need to target that, target your, target your goals to the individuals that you're talking to. We have um, we have a lot, we have a lot of problems in our community here in Jacksonville. We have we have high crime, regardless of what anyone at the FOP or any police officer will tell you or any any the mayor will tell you current mayor will tell you we have an issue with crime. We have an issue with food deserts is one of the big things. I'm not sure if y'all got that down in down in Palm Beach, um, in in the black areas down there. Is food deserts are where uh, it's a lack of uh, adequate shopping locations for food. We have those deserts where, you know, you got to travel six, seven miles to go get basic, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, and we have that issue uh, here. So one of the problems that I see with the, the right side when, when dealing with them, there's no, there's no tangibles offered. There's no. This is what we. This is what I'm going to do for you and your for for the community where you live at, for the area where you live at. This is how I'm going to approach your area to fix your area. It's too broad and it's too general. And I think we have to we have to hold politicians accountable to say uh, no. I'm not. I'm not worried about what's going on over there. This is where I live at right here. What are you going to do to fix the things that are in the in my area that that the concerns that I have? You may not you're not going to be able to fix everyone's concerns and everyone's problems, and that's another thing that we have to be honest with that you're not going to be able. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Just walk into office day one and flip a switch, and everything's going to be everything's going to be good. Things take time, but in order to get people to trust you, you have to first show up to actually engage with those individuals to try to earn that trust, to try to, let, to try to have them give you a chance to give you an opportunity um, to actually do what you want to do for them. 
He hit on something very interesting, right? Because we're 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 hearing the stories coming out of the Midwest that um, the government is finding people if they don't destroy their crops, right? And obviously, if you're if you're burning crops, you're controlling the food supply, and food can't get to market. Um, and for me, I mean, for me, when I when I'm you know when I'm thinking all the way down there. Right is really the start of the food deserts, right? Because if, if 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 grocers can't get food to market, they can't stay in business. There goes the grocery stores, Absolutely. right? You know, uh, and, and a lot of the stores that I know in Jacksonville personally, right? Myself, you know, having grown up there, right? You know, we had, I mean, back in the eighties, you know, even early nineties, we had, we we would travel. We would travel from Glen St. Mary, when we lived in Glen, to Beaver Street down to Premier. Oh wow! Right, we'd go to Premier because that was you know that was that was the spot. You know what I'm saying? You could get and the farmers market, you know, was right next door. So that would be a day trip for us. We go we go to farmers market. We get all our you know get all our stuff. People come you know come from Palatka and you know Mariana and and Georgia whatever. Come down to farmers market. Get your fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Then you go to Premier and get your fresh meat. That's not even there anymore. Yeah. Nope. That's not even that that I don't I I drove by there a couple a uh, few months ago and. I didn't even recognize once I crossed over the bridge over to where the farmer's market is and where Premier was before. And I'm like, whoa, what happened over here? But that that's that you're speaking of the food deserts. And this is very important because these are only happening in minority communities. Absolutely. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is, oh, it's, well, it's zoning. Well, y'all change zoning for everything else. Y'all, right. If there's a business that y'all want to put there to quote-unquote bring jobs into the community. Oh, y'all don't put a business there. Y'all don't change the zoning for that. So why can't you change the zoning for to, to allow uh, businesses to come in and build uh, supermarkets and build, uh, like I said, farmer's markets and, and have those fresh fruits and, and vegetables and, and fresh meats and dairy and things of that nature fresh, not that processed stuff, fresh. Why can't you change the zoning laws for that? And until so we start... So the citizens start holding these um, council members or state uh, legislators or, you know, federal legislators accountable um, and saying, you know what, we're going to hold, we're going to withhold our vote. We're not voting for anyone until we get this changed. Then you'll start to see it changed. Right. Right. Because that, that is, that, that's a, and that's, a, I don't know much, I, I mean, out west, you know, out west there, um, you know, we see that it's not as bad out west. But, you know, I mean, again, we know the minority population is a lot lower percentage wise out there than it is in the south and in the east. Right, right. now, and we look at New York, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think New York City right now in 2021 would be a food desert. But you got food deserts in the middle of the Bronx in yeah. New York. Like, people have to travel to Brooklyn. And for those of you that don't know New York City, that's not a hop, skip, and a jump trip unless there's no traffic. If there's no traffic, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. But there is traffic. That's an hour ride. Easy. And now now imagine doing that on public transportation. 
Yes. You know what I mean? Carrying groceries like that on public transportation. You know, hell, I go to the store, I, I, I come out with bags of groceries. I can imagine doing that on public transportation at all and taking that trip, you know, across town just to get some fresh fruits and vegetables. You know what I mean? So it, it right. thinks, so for as far as as far as local strategy, that's what we that's what we we have to do. Like like locally, you had to talk to, and it applies to state and federal as well. With federal, you look at for example the governor's race that's coming up. It's it's my belief that the race is going to be a lot closer between DeSantis and Charlie Crist, primarily because like President Trump. DeSantis' time has been wasted. You don't hear, you don't see any community, you don't see any community push to go and talk about the things that he's done, the good things that he's done. You can't wait until uh, the elections in 2022 for governor. You can't wait until, you know, January to start trying to put out flyers and try, try to have town hall meetings saying, okay, well, this is what the government government has done for the last four years. It's going to come across as pandering. It's going to come across as you wasn't interested in anything yep. we had to say. <laughs> you wasn't interested in, 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 in discussing us with this, but now that it's time to vote, now you want to come and discuss this with us. And I think that's the same thing that happened to Trump. While there was a Black Voices for Trump office here in Jacksonville, there, there, was, no, there, was, there was no push there was no, we're going into this community and we're going to talk to these people about what happened. We're going to go to this community center. We're going to hold, a, we're going to hold an event at this community center in this neighborhood and talk about the thing and just talk to people. Talk to people and say, these are the good things that has, has happened over the time period. You can't, you can't wait until August and the elections in November and expect people to be on your side or expect people to give you an opportunity. Wow. I ain't heard from you all. I ain't heard from you in three and a half years, and now here you are. So I think the same thing is happening with with, with, with unfortunately is happening with DeSantis, and because of that, um, it may be a closer race because he didn't. It's not like he blew Andrew Gillum out the water. You know, people forget that. It's, it's not like he just destroyed Andrew Gillum in that race. He won by like sixty-five thousand votes, something like that. Sixty-five, sixty-seven thousand. Yeah. So it wasn't. Yep, a, sure was. Yeah. Clear. A clear blowout, and and that sixty five thousand votes with we before uh, Andrew Gillum's story came out, he already had baggage. You see what I'm saying? So that sixty five thousand votes with the baggage he already had before the story broke of him being in the hotel room, you know, you know, and, and all that other nonsense. So the fact that they haven't there hasn't really, really especially on the local level, I haven't seen so much on the state level either because we haven't had any state. I haven't seen any state directors. I could be wrong, but I haven't had seen any state directors uh, coming into the city, uh, coming into these uh, areas over here to, to engage with the community and say, hey, these are the good things that the, the governor's done, or these are the, these are the good things that, you know, Senator, Senator Scott, when his election was up in 2024, him and, no, Rubio's in 2024. Yeah, tw- Rubio's 2024, yep. I believe, yeah, I believe Rubio was up in 2020. 2024. You've seen nothing about that. And Rubio has a good good track record here in in North Northeast Jacksonville. But we're the people out on the ground pushing pushing what he has accomplished. 
pushing the things that he's trying to accomplish, not only for the black, uh, for, for not only for the community, but for the black community. Right. Right. And, uh, and, 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 and like, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And another, and another strategy, another strategy to talk about strategy is when these folks come to town, they have to go to the black neighborhoods. They don't. Right. I don't know if it's their, I, I know it's their advisors, and I know they're, for a fact, there's some black advisors that are telling them, you don't need to go talk to this. So when you have somebody like Rick Scott, you have someone like Ron DeSantis, they come to Jacksonville 14, 15 times, and at no point do they ever go to Everett Waters College to talk to black people. Not at one point do they ever have a town hall meeting over in the black neighborhood to talk to black people. That's a problem. And, 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 you know, and you know what the thing is too though DeSantis is a Duval kid DeSantis is yeah. from Duval so why would you not represent you that's, that is your home county you should be all up in Duval you should be and, and he come when, when he ran for when he ran for governor in, in was that 2018 mm-hmm. yeah 2018 he was here, like I said, 15, 16 times. At no point did he, he didn't he didn't talk to the Black Chamber of Commerce here. He talked to the Asian Chamber of Commerce. He took to this, talked to the Hispanic uh, Chamber of Commerce. He didn't talk to the Black Chamber of Commerce. He didn't go over to, you know, the oldest uh, historically black university in the nation, Edward Waters College. He didn't go there and have a town hall. Yep. I think a lot of them are, a lot of the, the advisors and a lot of the individuals, they're afraid of the candidates taking those slings and arrows. But it shows more. One, it shows respect that you respect the individual. You respect the people to sit there and take those things. You don't have to agree. You don't have to. You don't have to agree on every issue. That's not even a, a question. But to actually sit there and take questions and listen to what people are concerns that they may have about food deserts, about uh, opportunity zones, because Jacksonville has a lot of opportunity zones. Where's the Where's the money go? Yep. How can there was yep. the money put into it? You know what I'm saying? To, to answer those questions and say, hey, what about X, Y, and Z? You got to first show up and be willing to take those slings and arrows. And I think a lot of advisors, a lot of these, you know, number crunchers, status, you know, they don't see, they don't see people as people. They just see them as numbers. That's not a vote I'm going to get. That's not a vote my candidate's going to get. He's not going to, he's not going to win this area. There's no need for him to go here and talk to these people. But this is a statewide race. They can vote for whoever they want to vote. This ain't a, this ain't a, you know, a district race. You know what I mean? This is a, this is a, yep. a statewide race. Why would you not go talk to them? And again, you ain't, you ain't win by three hundred thousand votes. You won by means sixty five thousand. Yeah, and that, and, and, that, and that is, and if you put that sixty five thousand in the contrast, if you really put that sixty five thousand in contrast, he literally won by two counties. And, I, and, 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 and you know what I mean? Columbia and Baker County. Those are the two counties that won him. If you want to put it in perspective, y'all. Those are the two counties that won DeSantis. The governorship. Yes. And those are very small yes, counties. Yes, sir. Population yes, sir. wise. And one of the things that really pushed him over the edge was school choice and black women. Black mm-hmm. women school choice. But yep. you, you haven't... I've been here in Jacksonville. The Sanders ain't came here and talked to black women. That right. message ain't been, hasn't come back and said, hey, 
We want to expand on the school choice that we did. The reason why you voted for me in the first place. We want to expand on that. We want to have a town hall talking to, about school choice to right. the black community. That has right. not happened at all. So it's like you, you've got to get out. So you're talking strategy. You've got to get out and talk to people. You just can't expect people to vote for you just because. Right. And, you know, you, and so the, the GOP overall, they've failed in that. The local and state GOP have failed on that. They failed to actually get people out, get the candidates, not only just the people out to push the message, but get the candidates to come out and push that message as well. You know, you can't keep, um, you can't keep conceding districts and you can't keep con- conceding, conceding areas that, well, I'm not going to get any votes on there. There's no need for me to go over there and talk to these people. You never know. Right. That's and exactly if you're going to represent right. all of them anyway, why would you not talk to them if you're going to represent all of them anyway? Exactly. Prime example. I mean, I, I helped, uh, I, I mentioned it before on the show and I'll mention it here again, prime example of uh, going and people will say, oh, it looks like pandering. No, it's not pandering. It's called talking to people. But the the, the young lady that ran for the seat I ran for two years ago, I helped her with her campaign, okay, et cetera. And with her living on the west side of Salt Lake, Salt Lake County, which is the most the most diverse in the county. She, you know, she knew how to interact with, you know, with Hispanics and with black folks and with Asians and stuff like that. And let me tell you something. She didn't campaign. She campaigned more on her side of the county than she did on the other side of the county where the affluent people were. Because she knew that, one, that side of the county had been underrepresented for years. So she wanted to make sure that. Hey, I'm here. I'm here to represent y'all. And she spent majority of her campaign time on the west side of Salt Lake County. I mean, I, I mean, even going up in the hood, you know, mind you, she's five foot ten, you know, 100, 160 pounds, you know, white girl, blonde hair, blue eyes. And she all up in the hood like what's good. You know what I'm saying? And here's the funny yeah. part about it. You want to see you want to hear something ironic? She got an endorsement from BLM. A Republican got an endorsement from BLM. Yeah. She got the endorsement from BLM. Why? Because she actually went down and talked to these folks and said, hey, this is what the skinny is. Right. And you know what? This, that, and the third. And a couple weeks before the election, they gave her, they, they gave her, her, they gave her their endorsement. I'm like, wow. But this is exactly this. This goes attest to what you're saying. If you show up, you show up to show out. People are going to be like, oh, okay, that's legit. People are more likely to, you know what I mean. If they don't vote for you the first time, they're right. more likely to vote for you the second time when you show up because it's, right. you're showing them that you care. Exactly. You should. You're not just giving lip service. You show them that you care. You're willing to engage them in conversation. You're willing to listen to them. And again, you ain't got to agree, you know, 100% on every issue. Yes, you're going to dis. I don't agree with every, 
I've been married for 24 years, and me and my wife don't agree on 100%. I certainly expect <laughs> the stranger to agree with me 100%. You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. Of course, you're not going to agree 100%, you know, but you can come to a, you can come to a, a middle ground, and there's going to be this more than, there's more, nine times out of ten, you're going to have a ton of things that you do agree on, especially when dealing with, with the black community. You're going to have a ton of things. Concert, uh, Republicans running are going to have a ton of things that they're going to, that them and that constituent is going to agree on. So then at that point it becomes, how do I get that person to vote for me? You've got to keep coming back. You've got to keep coming back. It's not, you know, you say Rome wasn't built today. You know, you're talking, you're talking years of neglect. So you can't just expect, you know, people to flip a turn. Or you, you show up and people, oh, I love you, I'm going to vote for you. I think you're great, I'm going to vote for you. You'll get a few, but you're not going to get a lot of those unless you come back and you actually talk to people as individuals. What's your, what's, what's your concern? Ma'am, sir, what is your concern? What are some of the things that you see that are, that, 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 that are affecting your livelihood or that is affecting where you live at? What are some of those things? How can what, Let me know those things so I, that I may be able to answer the questions to try to address those if I am elected. It's, just, it's as simple as that. But it really doesn't get any simpler than that. And you have people who just, they were, they, I said they're advisors. I said I know for a fact we've got, some, we've got some, some black folks that steer some of these candidates away from these areas. I know that for a fact. And that's that's un, that's 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 unsat. That's unsat. You know, in order for us to to grow as um, grow as a party, grow as a uh, community, the candidates have to be the candidates and the parties themselves. Because the same thing with the parties. The party you can't you can't go, you know, election cycles. Show up thirty days before and say, hey, I'm going. Hey, I'm here. I would like to talk to you. And then you disappear for two years, and then pop back up thirty days before. And we have we have the parties that do that here all the time. They are they are a, it's a no show party. They will show up right. thirty days before. They will show up thirty days before. Hey, I'm here, black folks. How y'all doing? And then they're gone, and you, you never hear from them, from them, from them anymore. And, 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 but, like, you, but you know what, though, brother, both both parties do that. That's the sad part about it. Both parties do it. The Democrats have just perfected it at doing it. See, so, so here it goes. So I, I would I would have to push back on that. Okay. The only reason why I'd have to push back on that is because they are in these areas 365, 70, 24-7. When there is an event that's going on, they're there. It doesn't matter whether or not it's a wellness event. It doesn't matter whether or not it's a back-to-school event. It doesn't matter whether or not it's a whatever event. They are there. Where is the other side? Well, I mean, and I know what you're saying, and I think I'm looking, I'm also looking at it from a different direction, too, from, you know, being out west, right? Gotcha. Down in the south, in in in, in the south, you know, in like southeast Mason Dixon line seaboard, that is that that is true. That is very true to a point. But like out west, like 
The Democrats, they they show up when they're ready. The same way the Republicans do, right? Because Republicans have a stronghold on Utah. Right? Not for long. Utah's turning purple. Idaho is one of those states that is, I would call them purple. Right? Um, Arizona, we know is a purple state and we know why. But Republicans still hold control and you know in your in your head of head of agencies like your mayor and your governors and board of the commissioners. Right. But as a voting base, they vote blue. Because the Democrats they come out, they show up like six months before it's time to vote, and they're out there on the ground. They're not out there all year like they are, let's say, down, you know, down in the south. Right, because they know the South is their bread and butter, especially the black belt. They know that's their bread and butter. They're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. So I, I, I think it's all dependent on where in the country you are. I got you. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes for, sense. for for that for sense. for that to be relevant. Yeah, but yeah, but you're right though. Like in Jacksonville, they're always out there. They are always yeah, I- out there. It got, I got tired of beating myself over the head. Like, how, you know, they're offering a hundred dollar booth to be here. Why, why don't you? You can't pay a hundred dollars as a party to to show up to the, and and be a part of the be a part of the community because that's where the community is at. That's what the community is doing. You you can't show up and say and just be. There. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. No, they, 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 they would rather they'd rather do a they'd rather do a booth. The GOP, the Duval GOP, I know this for a fact, would rather do a booth at the Greater Kingfish Tournament. Yes. Right. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Or or, or, or they would going down over like a it, it could be a wellness event. It could be you know a back to school event. It could be something over at Everwaters College, which is really the uh-huh. hub for for the area. Yeah, I mean, and one of the our city council members, Sam Newby, who's now the council president, first first black council president in a long time, I think ever, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he graduated yep, it's from ever. Yep, he graduated from Amber. You you would figure that they would be now since he's the the president, they'd be a fixture over there. It'd be they would be a fixture over there. That just ain't the case. It's just not the case. Why I have no idea because I, you know, I've kind of pulled back <laughs> a little bit from the local party. <laughs> Should I say a lot of bit <laughs> from the local party? So why I have no idea. But you know, he's been the long, he's been the lone city council black person and the guy that I dropped out of the race for 
uh, Terrence Freeman. Uh, he's a, a, a black Republican. He won that seat. So now we have two. And not only that, he's the vice president now. So we have a black president and a black vice president, city council members of the city council. We, and that's never happened in the, in the history of Jacksonville. Um, so we'll see how, how, they, how they push the party towards going, starting to go into those neighborhoods. And starting uh, to ha- be more engaged, uh, well, not even necessarily uh, going to the com- neighborhood, but be uh-huh. more engaged in the community because they're not engaged in the community at all. They, they we'll, should, we'll they, they should, they, they should follow Rand Paul's example. We got Rand Paul. He shows up to Kentucky State. He shows up at Kentucky State when he's, you know, in between, you know, in between election cycles. He shows up at Kentucky yeah. State. He does. He does lectures at Kentucky State. He does lectures at Kentucky State, but no one talks about that. And Rand Paul, he doesn't boast about it. He's just like, these are my people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm coming through. And he, he lectures. And people, Say again. And the people on the ground, really, they'll they'll see it. The people on the ground will see it. They'll see the effort that you put forth. Right. They will see that. Effort. You know, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be broadcast on the news or broadcast on social media. The people on the ground—that's who matter. They will see the effort that you're putting forth. But you got to be willing to put forth that effort to go to go into to, to be a part of the community and not just you know talk about the community every chance you get in a negative light, which is what we have a lot of. You know, like I mean, how I, I mean seriously, like I, I mean. How could you not, like, especially in Jacksonville, and I know we're taking it away from the broader local scale, but we're coming to Jacksonville because, you know, we Jacksonville folk, right? How could you overlook Edward Waters University? How could you overlook the number one HBCU, probably the top five HBCU in the country? I mean, they passed Bethune. Their academic record passes Bethune. So I you know people. Was that? I can't. I can't explain it. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you what the reluctance is, or I don't know. It's like pulling teeth to get people to go over there to any to do to anything. So even when they have the the parade, they have the Edward Water College uh, parade uh, yep. for their homecoming. You you will have it. You'll see a big old. Duval Democrat sign walking in the parade. You'll see a bunch of Duval Democrat booths over there. Yep. You know, nothing, nothing red over there resembling the Republican Party. Not nothing. And I have no idea. I said it's like pulling teeth. But on, on a broader scale, you talk about broader strategy. This past week was a prime example of the Republican Party being rudderless at the top. This whole eviction moratorium should have been an easy win for the Republican Party. An easy win. Corey Davis should have not been the, should not now be the face of getting this eviction moratorium overturned. It should have been the Republican Party. You had the Supreme Court deliver their decision saying, hey, this needs to go to Congress. You got Congress. You got Nancy Pelosi saying, "CDC need to do it." 
And then you got Joe Biden saying, I can't really do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Where was the legislation from the Republican side after that decision was passed out? We're going to yep. be the face of this. We are going to be the, we're, we're going to force, we're going to put legislation out and force Nancy Pelosi not to bring it to the table. She's either going to bring this to the table or she's not. And if she doesn't bring it to the table, we can use that against her. Right. But she doesn't care about it. She doesn't care about the landlords. She doesn't care about the one getting evicted. But instead, they allowed Cory Bush now to be the quote-unquote savior of the eviction moratorium. You have, this, you have the Democrats who control the House, Senate, and the White House. This was a failing on their, on their behalf of not getting something taken care of after Trump put this in place. This was a Trump moratorium that came out. Back, yep. That that should that should have never happened in the first place. You're 100 percent right, but it did happen. So yeah. now that it did happen, how are you not picking up that mantle and saying, okay, it was it was Trump had no authority to do what he did to have the CDC do what they do what they did. However, comment it happened. So this is how we're going to proceed forward. We're going to take up the mantle and be the voice of the little people, the homeowners, the renters. And the landlords, we're going to be we're going to be the voice because the Democrats control all of these institutions, but they're not even doing anything to fix to alleviate the problem. So we're going to alleviate the problem. We're going to be the face of this. That was it was an easy win. It was too easy of a win for them not to have been engaged or involved in any aspect of it. And that's a, just a yeah. national strategy that just to me that just. It screams incompetence. It, that's, they spent the last month and a half talking about Cuba. Uh, yeah, okay, Cuba's important. We can empathize. We can support. Yeah, yeah, but what about the voting citizens who are about to be evicted? What about the voting landlords who are about to lose their property? Right. Why are you not advocating for them as hard as you've been? That you had every congressman, every congresswoman on the Republican side giving speech after speech and event after event. Why were you not doing this for the eviction folks? Why are you not doing this for the landlords? Yep. The people who can actually vote for you, who can actually vote in the 2020, 2022, yep. and vote in the presidential election. You know, that, that's a failure on the Republican Party side. That's a messaging failure. They should have owned that from the beginning. They should have, they should have owned that from the beginning. As soon as the Supreme Court issued that ruling, they should have owned it. They should have jumped up and stepped up to plate and said, we're going to carry this mantle forward. We got legislation ready. That's right. We got legislation ready. Nancy Pelosi, what you going to do? Yep, pulled their ass right to the carpet. But no, again, as usual, Republicans balk. And th- th- this is this is why I've been saying, like, we need the, 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 the relics of the mid-1800s and the relics meaning the political parties have served their purpose. They need to be put to bed because we're going back to the Democrat-Republican Party. That's basically where we are. One side gets power, the minority has the biggest voice, right? Which, yeah, yeah, they each have a voice, right? But then, you know what I mean? But then when it comes push to comes to shove, no one wants to do a damn thing about a damn thing. Yeah. They're just okay with status quo. 
Yeah. Not quid pro quo, which that's part of it too, right? Um, but they, these, these, America, I'm going to say it like this because we got to roll out. America needs to realize who they are voting for, why they are voting for them. And what are they going to do for you? Yes. And if they don't do what they say they're going to do for you. And yeah, granted, first termers. Okay, I get it. Because there's a lot of moving and shaking going on. You just can't go in there like a wrecking ball. And I get it. Especially on the federal level. I get it. Mm -hmm. But if you get a second term and you don't perform... You got to go. Is it? Local local level? You you can walk in there with guns blazing. They got to listen to you. They got to listen to you. You know what I'm saying? State level, you can walk in almost the same way too. Guns blazing. Right? The government closest to you or the most influential to you. Yeah. It sure is. You know? in a heartbeat show me the legislation don't beat me over the head with what you're going to do where's your legislation at if it gets shot down the committee it gets shot down the committee at least you can say I put forth the legislation where's your legislation at you have a problem with something or the constituent telling you they have a problem with something where's the legislation to fight that don't tell me what you've (laughs) co-signed what you've co-sponsored I don't care about what you've co-sponsored where's your legislation at Where's your, where's your idea that you campaigned on doing X, Y, and Z? Where's that legislation at? Hey, you should have already had it prepared walking through the door to introduce it. You should have been like, as soon as you were sworn in, you were going right down to the registrar's yeah. office. I'm submitting this bill. 5000 Huh? Yes. If he gets, like I said, if he gets shot down the committee and never see the House floor, so be it. However, you put it up there. And you can, when you go back to your constituents, you can say, I put it up there. This is the bill I filed. This is the bill I filed. They both got shot down the committee. This is what we're working with. We're going to still keep fighting it. But to, you know, just be, come out and just want to be on Fox News and be on Newsmax and, you know, just be touring the country, giving speeches to different cities, raising funds, that, that's, that's where we're at now. It's a, it's a, you know, it's the entertainers and actors and, and, and musical artists that's what a lot of these politicians have become. Pomp and it's circumstance. Just entertainer. <laughs> yeah, going from city to city. Like you live in you know, you representing District eighteen in 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 Georgia. Why are you in California giving speeches? <laughs> Where's the legislation yeah. for District eighteen in Georgia? You see what I'm saying? It's just stuff like that. Like why are you why are you such a uh, trying to be such a rock star in a in a in a and be a, a household name, and it, every news cycle you you you're on because you're giving some you know canned speech that you didn't gave fifty times that doesn't mean anything to your constituents. And until it's the constituents hold them accountable, you're going to continue to have what you have. Yeah, you're 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 exactly right. You are exactly right on that. Like, you know. I, I never, I don't get how, at least on the federal level, I don't get 
why these people, I mean, you have 435 House representatives, right? Only 432 seats are actually filled right now. Um, and, and six delegates. Why would someone, for example, from uh, the representative for New York 14, you know who I'm talking about, yeah, would be in Iowa mm-hmm. talking to a crowd for a presidential candidate? Absolutely. Why? Why did you take your time out of your constituents' day to go help a president campaign? And that's any of them. Why? Yeah. Yes. What's that's the that's purpose? Not your job. Right. You 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 looking yeah, for? Go ahead. Your job is to speak on behalf of the people that sent you there, even the ones that didn't send you there. Your job is to speak on their behalf, not mm-hmm. traveling globe, you know, traveling the country you know, giving speeches on behalf of anybody. Yeah. Or your free time, your, even on your recess time, you should be back in your district talking to your people. So when recess is ended, this is the legislation I'm filing coming up. You shouldn't be touring the country. You know, giving your, giving your, your having your concerts. <laughs> well, <laughs> even, even that, concert. and even that, right, you should be talking to the senators and the House representatives, your district covers in your state. Hey, what do you guys need from me down here? What do you need from me up here to support you guys in the you know in, in the state senate or the state house? Right? What do you guys need? Right? And people are not going back. To, they're not getting to that point. They're just like, oh, yeah, we're on a national scale, so we speak for everybody. Well, in a way, you do because your vote affects a whole country. I get that. But at the same time, are you supporting your local municipalities and the state house and the state senators that are in your district? The answer, 99.9% of the time, is no. Yes, sir. They are not. They are not of the people or by the people. Yeah. And so you can get the and the voters. The voters have to take some responsibility in that as well. They got to, mm-hmm. you know, that, that one word it always comes back up, accountability. Accountability. You got to hold politicians accountable for the things that they say and the things that they don't do. You gotta hold, be willing to hold them accountable. You gotta get past this. Uh, and I see it. You see it here. I see it around around the city, and I see it. It's like these folks are they're like rock stars. It's like people are just being in awe of being in their presence. It's like, no, this is your job. And if, and if this is not something that you are capable of doing, you just step aside. You know, this is not for you to to build your build your 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 resume and. Build your, you know, look for that next job working as an as an analyst on some TV station. You know, your job is to represent the people that sent you there, even the ones who didn't send you there, still part of the district, to represent them as well, to the best of your ability. And until a voters, like I said, they hold some they hold some liability in this until they hold these men and women accountable. You're going to continue to see it spiral out of control, to where I think it's out of control now. I think it's way it's way out of control. 
you know, I look at, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and, and Matt, Gates, Matt Gates given their Florida, ones from Florida, ones from Georgia, they're, they're walk, going around the country giving speeches. Where's the legislation? Where's the, where's the legislation? Stop giving yep. speeches and start writing some legislation. It's ghost. It's a ghost legislation. It's that it's that HR ghost 011. I, I, I'm still trying to find it myself. I'm still trying to find it myself. Brother Christian, I appreciate you uh, coming through this evening. And I know the folks in South Florida is refreshed to hear this voice uh, from coming from North Florida. Um, I appreciate everybody coming through. I appreciate you again, Brother Christian. If you people want to find you, bruh, tell them how to do it. How they find you, bro? I'm on Twitter uh, at Brooklyn G Fellas. I keep the Brooklyn because, like I said, I'm I'm originally from Brooklyn. Um, find me on Facebook. Uh, Chris, my first name Christian Whitfield on Facebook. Um, we actually have a podcast called Black Black Code Red. Yeah, we're actually gonna uh, me and my friend Frederick Wilson. He's a teacher here and local teacher here and been in politics for for a minute. Uh, we're actually gonna looking at starting that back up. We had had took a pause around the election time of, of 2020, but looking at bringing that back up, we're certainly going to have have you on once we do get that back up and running. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't want the smoke. <laughs> but we do. Listen, listen, when you, when you be talking that, when you be talking that constitutional stuff and you be laying out the constitution and breaking it down, I'd, I'd be like, I'd be in awe. I get to, I get to search it. I'd be like, Yo, my man is on it. <laughs> he is on it. And that's what it's about, that constitution. Yes, sir. Start deviating, deviating away from that, bad things happen. <laughs> and we've seen a whole lot of bad things happening. The last six yes, years, a whole lot of bad things been happening. So, yeah, we definitely got to keep so on the game with that. that. I appreciate you for that. Keep, keep right. pushing and keep talking. Keep educating you. And you certainly, I came front, you've certainly educated me on a, on a, on a host of things, on a host of things constitutional-wise. So I certainly, so you edu- if you ain't know, you educating folks out there. Keep educating me. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I just I just, I just, just put out what I know and say what I say, and, you know, hey, if it's wrong, I, I, I'll pull back, but I ain't going to sit here and sit in a pool of arrogance and say I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm right um, 99% of the time, but I'm going to say I'm right 99% of the time because it's written in print. <laughs> you can't sure. deny what you read. <laughs> sure can. I just mean your, your comprehension bag. Oh, <laughs> man. My... You got to work with your comprehension. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all know how to get a hold of my man, brother Christian here. Y'all know how to find me, Man of Justice 007 on everything, TikTok, Clapper, whole thing, man of justice 007. Make sure y'all stop by tomorrow night for what the hill. Cause we're gonna talk about that that quote unquote infrastructure bill at the price of 7.2 trillion dollars. But um we're gonna bring that to y'all uh tomorrow. So make sure y'all come through. Until next time, peace, liberty, and happiness. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Southern Liberty Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, 
subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.bpmg.us or leave a rating and review on iTunes. To catch all the latest from Roderick, you can follow him on social media at manofjustice007. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.